welcome to the Small Business Minute. Today's topic is practical innovation. Too often, innovation gets confused with invention, when in fact, they are not the same. Unfortunately, we are bombarded with articles and warnings that in order to survive as an entrepreneur, we must innovate or be left behind. Okay, I'm not sure we would be left behind, but innovating or improving how we do things is never a bad idea. The goal for any innovation should not be for the sake of innovation alone, but should either enhance the customer experience or increase our efficiency. If you can do both, that's even better. A simple example where, in my opinion, neither of these goals are achieved is Microsoft Office. Over the past few years, I have watched as this software grouping has morphed into a bloated, feature-laden product. What was once a simple drop-down menu style that allowed access to the most commonly used functions have disappeared under renamed menus loaded with icons that would have an archaeologist scratching their head trying to decipher these hieroglyphics. I would hazard a guess that the vast majority of the Office 365 install base are not power users. Therefore, these improvements, or product evolutions, fail my innovation test. It neither improves the user experience nor increases efficiency for most of us, as we waste so much time looking for a simple formatting function. I'm sure that some power users need these enhancements that the product engineers have dreamed up, but for most of us, it's overkill. A recent experience with an Excel spreadsheet, or is it now called a workbook or a worksheet? Regardless of what it's now called, I needed to unlock a protected spreadsheet. Because I don't use Excel every day, I needed to hunt down that function. Once upon a time, you could simply click on one of the drop-down menus and click on that function. Well, no more. After I don't know how long of hunting and pecking through the drop-down menus and trying to decipher the various icons, I typed unprotect in the Excel search bar to no avail. Finally, I turned to Google for help and found the answer. Seriously, nothing should be that hard. A simple solution might be to just offer the everyday user an option for a classic menu option that would offer the user the most commonly used functions within the complete Office 365 lineup. Now that would be an innovation. Alternatives such as OpenOffice, LibreOffice, Google's Workspace offer a simpler user interface. Aside from being free, their popularity might be driven partly by their ease of use. Innovation for most small businesses does not have to be earth-shattering. In small business number 36, titled Innovation, I mentioned that what we need to understand is that most successful innovations come from either borrowing ideas from other industries or reconfiguring your existing product or services to tackle new markets or customers. Put this way, innovation becomes less daunting and can be incremental over time and does not require a wholesale retraining of your staff and customers. Merriam-Webster provides the following definition which may serve to clarify the difference between innovation and invention. Invention is a device, contrivance, or process originated after study and experiment, usually something which has not previously been in existence. Innovation, for its part, can refer to something new or to a change made to an existing product, idea, or field. One might say that the first telephone was an invention. The first cellular telephone, either an invention or an innovation. And the first smartphone, an innovation. Another simple and great innovation is the wristwatch. Prior to the 20th century, wristwatches were only worn by wealthier women as a fashion accessory, whereas men had pocket watches. It took a world war for the wristwatch to become a mainstay accessory for men. As the story goes, coordinating troop movements, bombardments, and attacks required officers and soldiers to always be aware of the time. The process of fumbling for a pocket watch proved cumbersome due to the necessity of always having to check. 
That frustration was compounded during the winter months when wearing gloves. Someone gave this some thought. They simply stole, or should I say, borrowed the wristwatch idea and adopting it for men. That way, soldiers wouldn't have to reach for the watch at all as they were wearing it, a simple twist of their arm, and they could see the time. When I founded the Marketing Resource Group, or MRG, I brought this essence of innovation to the consumer packaged good and healthcare industries. Prior to MRG, I owned the sales support company, which was a contract retail merchandising company. In other words, an outsourced sales force. I had 150 people working coast to coast performing various sales functions in our clients' smaller retail customers. Because our merchandisers needed to travel from store to store to perform their duties, wages and travel costs represented a significant portion of our expenses. Raising prices was difficult as it would dilute the cost-benefit argument we had put forth. So after eight years, sustainable profits were elusive. So I sold the company. One of the reasons that made my decision to sell the sales support company easy was that I knew the industry still needed to service these accounts, but needed a more cost-efficient solution, which I had been quietly testing for over a year. Once clear of my obligations with my previous company, I launched MRG to provide the clients with an alternative solution to service these accounts. So instead of having an individual physically visit a store, we began telemarketing these accounts as a means to communicate and solicit orders. As an aside, we provided other services that previously required a sales representative to perform, but now we're done remotely. I knew of only one company that was doing anything remotely similar, and that was Kimberly Clark, the makers of brands like Huggies and Kleenex. The big difference was that they were selling their own products, whereas we would be a sales as a service model, representing any number of companies and brands, albeit never at the same time. Aside from Kimberly Clark, this hadn't been attempted before and therefore it took a bit of effort to get buy-in from our client. Eventually, we convinced enough clients of the merits and gained the necessary momentum to make it a viable business that I owned for over 17 years, until I sold it. This innovation had numerous benefits and few downsides for our customers. Considering that we handled what I referred to as their orphaned accounts, those retail establishments that due to annual purchases or geographic location received no sales coverage from their existing sales forces. Foremost, our reach was unlimited. If they had a phone, we could contact them, regardless of where they were located, even in the Arctic. So let's be honest, I didn't invent anything here. I simply took an existing service, telemarketing, and applied it to an industry that wasn't using it. There is a saying that good artists borrow idea, great artists steal ideas. Is that not the purpose of innovation? How many so-called innovations add no value to the end user and only add confusion? First and foremost, innovation needs to improve the experience. But change for the sake of change is really a good idea. The best way to determine the value of your innovation is to ask your customers and not just your power users. Also, consider that instead of more features, maybe consider fewer and see if that improves the user experience. I'm Greg Weatherton, and this has been your Small Business Minute.